Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. We are here recording episode 137. And today we will be discussing and hopefully answering the question of, will technology make language learning obsolete? Who knows, but we're going to explore it today and discuss some of the different ways that technology may or may not make language learning obsolete. This one definitely hits home for me as a language teacher, because if uh, the technology gets so good, we don't need language teachers. I guess I'm going to need to look for some other types of employment. So I'm looking forward to discussing this with my amazing co-host, Jared. So without further ado, my buddy, Jared, what's going on, Jared? Uh, hello, everyone. Will language learning make teaching obsolete? Hopefully, because then you could focus full time on this podcast and who knows where we could go from there. But in the meantime, everyone, please spread a little love and uh, follow us on Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast. I fulfilled half of my promise. I showed you guys pictures from my time at my brother-in-law's cover band show. It was entertaining. I guess we could talk about that later. I do have one picture from my time at the uh, Apple Orchard today. Chad, do you have any pictures from Beijing? I do have a couple. I'll send them your way. Okay, great. You could also follow us on Twitter. Spread a little love. Untranslatable one, the number one. And uh, there you could see new episodes. I'm a retweeting machine and a tweeting uh, recluse, but occasionally I'll come out from my shell. Um, you can also get a, give us five-star reviews. Actually, please give us five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. We highly appreciate it. Chad doesn't need these things, but these are the kind of things that get me up in the morning and keep me going, keep me uh, uh, validated in life. So, you know, thank you for that. Um, happy birthday, Chad. You're thank officially you. 28. Thank you. I can see it in your face. You're very pixelated now. That's, that's what happens with age, everyone. You pixelate. When you, when you, turn, 20, <laughs> when you turn 28, you become pixelated. Um, I mean, how, was your birthday? Thing, how was your birthday? It was great. Any it was celebra- great. So, full celebrations happened? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. great. You, you had said you uh, wanted me to let loose, mm-hmm. so I kept you in mind the entire weekend making sure I was getting nice and loose. So it I was, feel like uh, I can hear it in your voice. Yeah, it was, a, it was up. a great weekend. What kind it of stuff did you great do? Weekend. What were the activities? So uh, Friday night... Um, I went out with, uh, with a friend of mine. Uh, she's Russian. And uh, we went out and she showed me around uh, the, one of the coolest areas, in my opinion, in Beijing, which is called uh, San Litun. And San Litun was the first bar street in Beijing. I think in like the 80s, it was where there was only like one bar. And that's where you went if you wanted to go to that one bar. Now there's a lot more than one bar. There are tons of bars, and they have all sorts of different kinds of bars. Um, and so we went out there to start our evening, which was great. And then she showed me uh, the Hutong district, which is Hutongs are like these old school, chi- well, old school Chinese uh, buildings. Like when you watch a like a movie, you know that's like based in China. The the like smaller concrete buildings that like still kind of look very like the architecture style to me seems very like china if you just type in jared hutong h-u-t-o-n-g 
Um, mm-hmm. You should be able to see the buildings. Maybe you can give a better description than I can. But it was really great because the Hutong district in Beijing has a lot of really awesome bars. The bars that we went to, though, were pretty much exclusively expat bars. I mean, I think I saw maybe one or two Chinese people in these bars. And uh, and my Did Russian friend was actually going... Where you're like, oh, come on. No, I'm not really, here. just because. <laughs> not really because uh, everyone was just so friendly. Um, that How did you I, explain I the Hutong district? It's like uh, they're they're like old school, very Chinese looking buildings. At least most of them. Okay, that's very um, vague. They're like right, it's, it's like a very tight street. It's a very small street. Yep. Almost looks mm-hmm. like cars can't go down it, and they're like almost um, imagine storefront style holes not even i don't mean i don't mean hole in the wall in like a offensive like right they're actually some good small, sized places small and old yeah and like they're all single story sort of uh uh tight streets with um shops mm-hmm. and restaurants and stuff along them it looks very cool exactly. to walk along it also looks like at night it could get a little creepy May, well i mean they're they're all pretty well lit so oh, it's, okay. it's not too bad i yet. can't tell from these but, pictures Right. But yeah, it was, oh my gosh, it was just such a, a fun weekend. It looks cool though. Yeah. It was, it was so much fun. And the nice thing was too, is that um, we actually ran into some other people that were celebrating their birthday. So that was really cool. British? Um, but, uh, um, good question. One guy was from, yeah, one guy was from uh, Yorkshire. And apparently mm-hmm. in Yorkshire, what they do is they, Basically have kind of like, you know, we have like the complaining Olympics where, you know, I say, oh, man, I only slept for two hours. And you're like, oh, two hours? I got half an hour of sleep last night. What are you talking <laughs> about? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so that's what yeah. the dude from Yorkshire was telling us, which I thought was hilarious. Like there's like some like quote that they say that just kind of encapsulates this idea of like, oh, you think you've got it bad. Let kinda me just like tell you. Kind of like translatable maybe you'd say. You could say that. You could definitely say that. So, yeah. So, Friday night was fun. Um, also went to a KTV and sang some karaoke. But I What's tell you KTV? what, man. What's I have, that? It's, it's a karaoke bar. Oh, okay. That's just like the, the universal term here for karaoke bar. And, um, and the funny thing was I, I have learned that if you pick any older song or not very popular song that like people in China might know, the song is going to be in a different key and maybe even a different tempo. So one of the songs I chose to sing were, uh, was People Are Strange by The Doors. And it was literally like way faster than the original song. And it was in a different key. And I was just like, how, how the hell do I even sing this? Like well, it was, it was why really do they ridiculous. do that? I mean, they're well, clearly not they're concerned not- about copyrights. No offense. Right. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, you're not you're not offending me. That's it's just the truth. Um, I'm not really sure. I think it might be because they don't have like it wasn't probably like wherever they get these songs from. It, it just wasn't the maybe right. because it's not popular enough. Because the really so popular did it actually ones throw like you the, off. You can't adapt to that kind oh, of thing. Oh, big time. I mean, I adapted to it, but it. it, it I like the song in the original key. You know, your ears used to hearing things a certain way. So when you hear them differently, especially when it's like on the spot and you have to sing right then and there, it's definitely a little challenging. You know, speaking um, of which, I hate to cut into mm-hmm. your trip, but I did. This kind of reminds me of my Friday night. I went to okay. uh, Rick's. Let's hear about it. Um, mm-hmm. And it was uh, so it was packed 
for this uh, cover band show. But for a certain amount of time, it was only open to the uh, business school students because that's what my sister is in. And uh, her husband's not part of the business school, but that's how he got into the group through her because it's right. like it's. Th- and so it was filled with people from the business school, but it was still packed. And mm-hmm. um, it was like a. So they did like a. There were probably like eight to ten of them. Like there were a good number of them. And there was a full band. Okay. So they did their all, all the banding. There were, you know. There was keyboard, there were two guitars, there was a bass, there were uh, rotating drummers. My sister's husband drums, but then there were a couple other drummers as well. And uh, you know what? It was pretty entertaining. They did some good stuff. They did a lot of, um, they did nowadays, everybody want to talk, like they got something to say, but nothing comes out when he moves, you know, that Eminem song. Really? Uh, And uh, um, Jeff, my sister's husband, was uh, the, right. uh, the the Dre part of it. He was pretty good. I was like, okay. oh, he's a very convincing Dre. They did stuff like... Um, oh, cool. Da, 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 it's bittersweet. Da, 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 da. Like they had like oh, a whole... Yeah. Uh-huh. Da, 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 da. You know that song? They had yeah. like a, a whole bunch of stuff from like the... Uh, that was like three people understood what I just did there, by the way. useless, even though Chad got that, that was still useless. Um so there was like a whole lot of stuff from like the current. There was a Lizzo song, which, you know, she's hot these days. I like Lizzo. Right. Real um, hot. The Juice, All About the Juice, that song. Nice. Uh, That's Mira, a classic. Mira, nice. Uh, anyway, so there was a lot of good stuff from <laughs> from current day back to like uh, 90s, I would say. And okay. it was like a good two hour, uh, hour, 45 minute show with intermission. And um, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It's rare that I stay out like late these days, really. Mm-hmm. Especially knowing I was in Ann Arbor, which is you know where U of M is, where my sister lives. And I was like, I got to drive home after this. And uh, I got invited to another bar. I was like, listen, it's ten o'clock, and I got to drive home. Uh, I'm going. Home. I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you didn't just crash at your sister's. You know, that's hilarious you said that. That didn't even cross my mind. Oh, um, you know, (laughs) (laughs) she actually had guest over, so I probably wouldn't have been able to know that thing about it. Okay, that's fair. uh, fair. You know, even though that that's even though I probably wouldn't have been able to because she had guest over literally didn't even cross my mind. (laughs) That's funny. But uh, yeah, no, maybe I could have. But yeah, no. So it was a good time, though. And uh, anyway, back to your birthday. Sorry, I just you just got me thinking about it. No, that's. That's awesome, but I've got to ask now, Jared. Did they mm-hmm. sway your opinion at all about cover music? Uh, yes. It was less cheesy yes. than I was expecting. Okay, good. Okay. Um, they were all very like they were all legitimately good singers. You know, they clearly practiced. Mm-hmm. It wasn't some sort of drunken like situation. They were they were like putting a on a karaoke bar. It was a show. You know, like it was a real right. show. Um. The, oh, and at, so for some of the songs, they even had um, a brass section. So, well, brass. They had oh, like a wind sweet. section. So they had a trumpet okay. and a tenor and alto, uh, alto saxophone. So that was cool too. Um, and so yeah, no, it was fun. And I guess also given the setting, you know, it's it's weird because you know there, there are like levels of classiness for all sorts of things, whether it be music or sure. setting. So given the fact that we we're in the lowest form of setting. They actually elevated, Ricks, yeah. They, like <laughs> Ricks, for those of you that don't know, it, it, anyone in East Lansing or Ann Arbor knows the legend of Ricks. But Ricks is like yep. a classic drunkard college club, and it's mm-hmm. um, it's just like you know the the 
it's just a the basic uh, most basic of basic college club essentially and it's there's no glitz or glamour exactly. to it it's a college nope. club but um th- you know they actually put on a level of show i've never seen in such a venue <laughs> that's awesome so i was like this is kind of nice and because it was specifically for the the u of m people or the uh, business school people it wasn't like some sort of special occasion they just like rented it from like eight to you know 11 essentially and so it was specifically mm-hmm. for the but after that it was open we i got one free drink it could have been two but the window was very small so that was kind of cool too mm. but That's um you know it was they they elevated the it, it was a perfect show for the for the setting and it was a great because people get you know everyone was singing along too but uh it was great you, you know sometimes i will say this as someone that is now a professional podcast producer some of the audio was a little uh bothered me a little bit i mean that's that they they okay. the mics were fine and stuff but there was a lot of reverb happening <laughs> throughout Ooh, the show yeah, that's like they good. didn't have it properly okay. balanced and um okay. some like mics some people were way louder than others in the mics mm. and so it's like i so some of that was off but it was a good show nonetheless. did they did they have a sound guy there or were they doing the sound themselves they had a, I think that a sound guy. I I could from my my angle. I was on the like the very side of the um, of the stage on the other side, so I couldn't see okay. the sound area. But okay. Jeff, uh, my sister's husband, the guy that's also in the band, said that they did have a uh, sound check. So that makes me assume they had a, even if they didn't okay. have a real sound guy, they had a real sound check. Right. And uh, I mean, any reverb. decent band, you should have a sound check. That's but it's for Ricks, sure. though. Maybe they're not used to having that level of production, would be my guess. Maybe Probably they're not. not used. Probably and so not. maybe they, they leveled it for an empty an empty room. And then once it got right. loud, they, weren't, they, they had to account for it. And they turned it up. And they just turned mm-hmm. everything up. And it messed it up. That would be my guess. Right. Could be. I don't know. This is too much into the weeds. It was a good time. <laughs> I, just, I just picture you, Jared, like going up to the sound guy, like tap, tapping it on the shoulder. Be like, hey. Cut, cut the reverb a little bit. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come Hold on. on. Let me let me look, let me let me look at this. I did every time right. it was reverb. I did look at my girlfriend, and I was like, I feel like I wouldn't let this happen. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> now, so, I, now so you, I have to make sure the production for this podcast, this episode specifically, is on point. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> now that I would laugh this. so hard if it's just like <laughs> reverb up the wazoo. That would be so hilarious. <laughs> But yeah. Anyways, back to back to Beijing though. Um, so I went to a KTV um, uh, with Lilishka, my Russian friend, and That's a great she name. picked a lot of more. Uh, yeah, it's it's like the Russian version of uh, Lily, uh, and it's a, oh, yeah. Okay. But it's a good name. But anyway, so we uh, we uh, sang there probably until about maybe midnight or so and then we went to the hutong the the other bars in that like kind of smaller area does but she know what the i want to say about the yeah she's been in beijing for 10 years oh okay. so she oh. really knows the area and she speaks she speaks chinese speaks oh, really? obviously russian and oh, speaks cool. really good english yeah yeah uh but anyways the funny thing was is she picked a lot of more modern songs and so the, for the modern songs they actually had them it was really crazy on the tv screens they had the music video they had the lyrics and the music oh, video. I like that. So she sang that like helps people get into she sang, it for sure. Oh, for sure. But I was picking older stuff because I prefer older rock stuff, and and yeah. I know what's down, in my range. Down, down to the I was going to sing fire. that one, and they didn't have it. I was so mad. <laughs> Good, they didn't have Good. that. One. They should not have that um, old ass song. But I sang some uh, Frank Sinatra, so that was fun. Okay. Um, Did you felt, have any situations? Classy. 
like in Berlin where uh, you were shocked that people didn't know the song? Like, well, I was we shocked the that they only... didn't know Roses by Outkast or, you know, our right. friend uh, from Canada. Well, so this this place, let me set the scene for you and the listeners. This place was way different than karaoke bars that I'm used to. You know, the karaoke bar that Jared's mentioning from Berlin, it had like separate booths you could go in and sing. This yeah, one, Jared, it was just one, you didn't have to go to. Right, right. And this one, all there was was the main stage. Right, so, okay. Um, Is that your first so time doing just, that? Uh, what singing on a main stage at a karaoke place? Yeah, no, definitely okay. not. Okay, but uh, first time in China, and it was funny because we were the only Western people there. We were the only you know non Chinese people that. there, and we were is the that, only ones like singing in English. Of, why do you always say Western? Because you can just say because I'm in the okay. East. <laughs> but she well she's not my, white. She's what? She's what? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry, please. Uh, I'm. I'm wondering what your question is. <laughs> what were you about to say? I was going to say because because I guess it's, you know, you got Eastern people from, you know, the East and from Asia. And then you have, you know, well, I guess because she's Russian, she wouldn't be Western. I'll say I'll say what everybody else says in foreigner. How about that, Jared? Okay. Uh, although okay. I don't really like that term because it makes me feel even more like an outsider. But anyways. Well, um, Westerner, yeah, we really I, I, maybe, maybe it's just. I've just never heard that used so commonly until you've been right. in China, you know? Right. And I still, every time I hear it, I'm like, I mean, I get what you're saying, but it's just, it always catches me. Anyway, continue. Right. Sorry. Um, so that means we were the only ones singing, singing in English. But the thing I noticed was every Chinese person that was there could really carry a tune. Now, not all of them had the most beautiful, angelic voices, but they could all carry a tune. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Chinese is a tonal language. Mm. So it's easier, easier for them to pick up on, um, on songs, even if they're not the greatest singers. They're, they're good at picking up on the tones and how to sing along to a right. song quickly. Exactly. Based off the language yeah. thing. Hmm. Right. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, now, so anyway, so that was one Friday. Thing I, I'll... Uh huh. Go ahead. One thing I always hate about um, karaoke bars, though, is that it always te- it always seems like the music is is like the the microphones are never loud enough, and you always seem like you're screaming at a karaoke bar. Did you have Did you have that problem? No, this mic was fine. Mic was okay. really good. Things were clear. They definitely know what they're doing there. Like okay. they run a tight good. ship. It's really awesome for Brilliant. any of our listeners out there who want to go and get their karaoke on in, in Beijing. It's called not not a bar. Is the name of the bar. Clever. Not a bar in San Li Tun. Yeah. So, yeah, but Friday was great. Had an amazing time. And then Saturday, Annabelle, one of our uh, previous guests, who is a flight attendant, oh, yeah. who has been to over 70 different countries, uh, came on Saturday. Uh, she had a requested a flight into Beijing. And then she, she actually is flying out uh, today. Uh, so, safe, safe travels, Annabelle. But anyways, it was it was so great to see her again. We had an awesome time catching up, and uh, I actually got to go to dinner with her and her Lufthansa uh, crew people, and Ooh. it was really cool. I got to practice my German a little bit, which was nice. Are uh, they all, they were all were German? All, yeah, yeah, they were okay. all German, and it was really funny. Like a lot of them were kind of looking at me, like trying to figure out, like, why does this American guy speak German? <laughs> you uh, love that. <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> Uh, but we went to a really awesome dumpling place. And, dude, you should have seen the receipt. Because so we traditional Chinese places usually have like a table 
and then there's like a like a lazy susan like basically like a spinning Mm-hmm. thing so you can pass the food around very easily because here mm-hmm. in china people share food you don't just like in the states we get like our our burger or our whatever and that's like that's ours and that's what we eat that's but why here in china tend to be longer very very good paying attention i like it jared i like it Ta-da. and so so we had we ordered so much food and the the receipt at the restaurant i kid you not jared for all of our american listeners they'll get this joke uh, it looked like a CVS receipt. <laughs> like a CVS receipt just is like oh pages and pages and pages of extra crap. And so there were 11 of us, Jared. And as I said, you know, the receipt was like a CVS receipt. It was super long. Take mm. a guess how much money we spent per person. Uh, we split it evenly. Take a guess how much money we spent per person on food. How many people were there? Just curious. 11. 11, 11 people. $18. You're pretty, pretty close. We spent about 20 bucks. Okay. I mean, we were okay. all super full. Um, That's great. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I love a good dumpling place, too. I mean, I'm sure th- any place I've been to here doesn't, doesn't even compare to what you've experienced. But I can, right. like, dumplings are the kind of things, it's almost kind of like um, French fries. You know, if they're in front of me, I cannot stop eating them. Oh, yeah. They are so good. <laughs> so, so good. Um, and yeah, it was it was just a great weekend. Uh, I want to thank everybody who uh, came out and made it special. I want to thank you, Jared, as well for sending me a happy B day text. Actually, I got that while I was in the KTV. Um, oh, perfect! And so, so yeah, it was a I great was birthday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, great birthday. I really am a huge fan of Beijing. Uh, I'm starting to feel more comfortable, like getting my way around Beijing a little bit. Like I kind of am slowly starting to understand how long it'll take to get from like point A to point B in different places. Uh, mm-hmm. Need to do a lot more sightseeing though. Um, but yeah, it was great. But speaking of birthdays, Jerry, I think it's time that we spread a little love and uh, spread a little love. Give some shout outs. You. So you, due to your uh, internet quandaries, stumbled upon a lovely story, yet you weren't able to open it. And now I feel like I opened it, and now I don't, I don't have it open anymore. <laughs> well, while, while you're looking, I can oh, explain I it. I got it. I got it. Here, I got it. it. All right. Sorry. It was in... I got it. A World War II veteran... This is, by the way, on behalf of Chad, let's just be clear. This is his mm-hmm. shout-out. I'm merely the messenger. The messenger. World War II veteran right. asked for 100 cards for his 100th birthday. He received over 100,000. World War II veteran James South turned 100 years old on Monday. Weeks prior to his big day, he asked for 100 birthday cards. His assisted living community, Brookdale, Watauga, posted a photo of South's wish on Facebook. He never imagined he would receive more than 100,000 cards. To go to a store in town and pick out a card and send it to me, that's almost more than I can handle, I'll tell you, South said. It touches my heart. We're just crying every day because we're just uh, reading all these beautiful cards, his daughter-in-law, Debbie South, said. The cards came from an Australia... Great, oh, the cards came from as far as Australia, Great Britain, and even China. Shout out to Chad. Uh, he heard from his the governor of Texas, United States senators, even the president. <clears throat> Our nation owes your generation <laughs> the... Uh, okay, he's a good guy. Congratulations. And uh, So yeah, I, th- I thought that was a touching story. Uh, me too, me too. Yeah. My shout out to you, Chad. 
is a shout out, but it's also a uh, a question I have, a quandary, shall okay. I say? Okay. Sesame Street. Have you heard about this? I I briefly have heard about this. Sesame Street mm. has a new character. Yes. That, Sesame that, Street mm-hmm. has a new character uh, named Carly. Uh, Carly mm-hmm. was introduced earlier this year as a Muppet in foster care. She is set to reveal that she was placed in foster care as her mother had a quote-unquote grown-up problem. About 5.7 million children in the U.S. under the age of 11 live with a parent who suffer from uh, substance addiction, according to the Associated Press. Carly will tell her story of, uh, on the Sesame Street in Communities Projects, uh, which is run by Sesame Workshop, the nonprofit organization behind the show. Sorry, that was a handful of a sentence. Uh, in the online episodes, <laughs> Carly tells Elmo and other Muppets about her mom. Sorry, this is from BBC meeting and the uh, meetings in the special ki- uh, kids only meetings where she gets to spend time with other children who are going through the same experience. So yeah, her mom is experiencing uh, uh, opiate addiction, and uh, they have a a a, 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 a a character that that is experiencing that. And you know, mm-hmm. I think it's good. I think it's great. You know, there's. Um, first of all, it's, it's very, uh, like it's very real and useful cause it is an epidemic in, in the U S for sure. And, um, it maybe it definitely helps with stuff like the, uh, like the, uh, you know, the, uh, stigma and all that stuff. And, but you know, I think Twitter always has to ruin everything for me cause then they're like, uh, well, you know, what about, uh, you know, during the crack acad- ap- epidemic and all that stuff, there was never, yeah. um, you know, there was never the same sort of care given to people going through the, uh, typically people of color in the U S going through the same mm-hmm. issue. Some would argue caused by, uh, uh, the United States government. Um, and there was, you know, there wasn't the same sort of care given to, uh, to that topic back then it was treated you know they were not treated the same way or treated with the same sort of sympathy and yeah that's true but i still think it's good that they do it now also Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's i guess it's better late than never and i think it's it's always good whenever there is you know a representation for um anybody that's going through hard times um for whatever reasons And I and I think especially a show like Sesame Street. I grew up watching Sesame Street as a little kid. I did, um, and so I didn't. But I, I, <laughs> I heard it was a great show. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I think it's important that we do give these children and mm. other people an opportunity to feel like uh, they're important because they are. Um, so yeah, I think that's great. There's a podcast that I listen to called The Mental Illness Happy Hour, and he ends every episode by saying you're not alone. I think it's important mm-hmm. for kids also to, um, you know, if they're going through this, to not feel like they uh, need to feel some level, you know, you know, shame or like no one will, you know, like like they can't, they have no one to talk to or like they have to keep stuff secret. And uh, right. to be able to just talk about stuff freely, I think is very useful. And even though I agree with a lot of that stuff about how, it does seem like it, it is clear that like more sympathy is given when it seems to be more of a uh, white America problem. I still think that mm-hmm. it is a America problem. Not you know I have a family that suffered from that from you know a similar issue. You know like start off with some sort of surgery mm-hmm. and then and so I yeah right. I think everyone you know even though it is quote unquote white America problem I think everyone understands that experience and I think it's a good thing. I do too. Yeah. So shout out to Sesame Street. I think that's yeah. great. 
Yeah. I was going to I almost did the ham horn. I was like, that seems like an odd choice. Uh, right. Let's get into some <laughs> <laughs> untranslatables. One of my favorites uh, of the untranslatable podcast. Did you guess why? Um, I'll start, I guess. Why not? Um, my first one is Norwegian, and it's Is Imagen, ice in one stomach. I figured that was stomach. Okay. Oh, uh, how'd you figure same, that? Same, same word in German. Same Bauch. word in German. Magen. Magen. Oh, Bauch I would is think belly. Bauch. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hmm. Magen's the more like medical term, like, you know, your stomach, whereas Bauch oh, is that's more like, like your belly actual or stomach. your tummy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. uh, ice in the stomach. Is this... Hmm. Hmm. I'm, try- now, I'm trying to think if Norwegians would think ice in your stomach is a good or a bad thing. <laughs> that's an important place to start <laughs> right exactly exactly hmm. is this if you have ice in your stomach is this just like someone who's always like cool calm and collected now, now, right. now i want to give you a uh double on this one we have a similar untranslatable in english um ice ice in their veins hell yeah yeah ah. all right yeah great right. good job okay good job. that's a good one well because i was speaking a lot of german this weekend i figured it would only be fitting to bring you a german one um <laughs> wow how do you know so much german chat so right. Impressive. <laughs> <laughs> right um so this one is extra wurst haben. to have an extra sausage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that almost that feels like to be like overly confident not quite to have an extra I would say I would say um like to have an extra sausage I would say uh maybe a better way to think of this is to ask for an extra sausage. Mm. But that's not what the direct translation is just to be clear. That's not the direct translation, yeah. Um to ask for another is like to get it have another chance. Nope. Okay. So think so think about Jared you're 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 on you're on your airplane and they give you your your sausage and then you're like, "Well, come on, one sausage? Give me oh, an extra like, sausage." To like to ask for more or to complain? It's like to ask for special treatment. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Can you can you give me the German one again? Eine extra Wurst haben. An extra sausage to have an extra sausage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd like to ask for special treatment. It's kind of like speaking uh-huh. of being on the airplane, asking for the can, for example. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which is a big, big thing to do. My next one's mm-hmm. Bulgarian, and it's Boli Mefada, and it's uh, my lighthouse hurts. My, is that like my brain hurts? <laughs> no, but I understand why you would think that. <laughs> right. Let's see. My lighthouse hurts. That's hilarious. This, I'm going to start calling my brain my lighthouse. There we go. I'm trying to think. My lighthouse hurts. Um, you know, one thing I've learned mm-hmm. about growing what? up, how easy it is to avoid headaches, really it's just all up to drinking water for me. Yep. That's, oh, is this, oh, this, but this isn't, that doesn't, that doesn't mean, mean that's to have a headache. I realized okay. recently. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> no. Gotcha. Hmm, my lighthouse. Can you give me an example? Um... Uh, so let's say, um, hmm. 
um, someone is, you know, I, I, I come to you and I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, this podcast is so hard. It takes up so much of my time. I can't do this. And uh, you're like, uh, listen, Jared, my lighthouse hurts. We promised people two episodes a week. Okay. Okay. So this is just like a stop complaining, stop making excuses. It's not that uh, bad. No, it's I don't care. <laughs> oh, I don't care. Okay, I don't care. Listen, Jared, yeah. my lighthouse hurts. Okay. <laughs> all right. Maybe it's more like, I think maybe it's something to do with like, we all have problems, maybe, mm-hmm. is the okay. vibe I get from it. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, do you have any more okay. untranslatable? I do. Chat? I do. I have a Chinese one for you. Um, I'm trying to think which one I want to cover today. You know, I'm going to cover. I'm going to cover this one. It is Pinming Kai Che De Ren Yiding Hui Dao Da Nali, which means a man who drives like hell to get there, like someone that's determined on a mission. Uh, I like, like where you your head's at, but no. I would say this one is one of the few that on face value, this one, there's not much beyond the surface. So it's like someone that's like trying to avoid issue, their own pro- like problems? You're getting too deep into it. Okay. Give it to me. Give me the English again then. A man who drives like hell to get there. Oh, just someone that is just a road ragey driver, like so an aggressive driver. A reckless driver, exactly. A reckless driver. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. it really was. Uh, reckless driver. A man who drives like hell to get there. And the reason why I picked this one is, man, you have to drive like hell when you're in Beijing. Like, it, it is... I am always floored, like, just by how people will just cut in front of people, won't use a turn signal. Uh, it's, it's wild. Is it, is it, like, very congested in Beijing, driving around Beijing? Depends when, but, like, during rush hour, oh, yeah. When I came in on Friday night... It took me an hour and a half, maybe even an hour and 40 minutes to get from the train station to my hotel. And the hotel was only uh, probably a 35 or 40 minute drive if there were no traffic. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's pretty serious. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, do you want me to give you another untranslated? Do you have any more? I'm going to save my other one for our next episode. All right. I'll give you one more then. I have it here and I like it. And it's Korean. And it's, uh, Getong de Yage So Lewe Myun Obsda. Yeah. No, I really messed that up. <laughs> um, and it's when you want to find even dog poop to use as medicine, there isn't any. So this is, this is just like your SOL, like your. You're there. You're you're stuck in between a rock and a hard place. I I don't know. It's you know. I'll say it's even simpler than that. Once again, I'll tell you. I'll give you an example. Okay. I in my own home am always looking for my beanie hat. Like it's I'm okay. always looking for it. And um, sometimes I'll say when you want to find even dog poop to use medicine, there isn't any. And that's how I feel sometimes looking for my uh. Or, for example, I lose a lot of socks. Like, I lost two okay. socks somehow last time. No idea where they okay. went. Somehow between the dryer and my bedroom, gone. No idea. Okay. So, it's just like when you when things disappear and you can't find them. Yeah, I'll give you that. Okay. Well, you're never All right. where you want them to be, but yeah. Essentially, because right. you lose them. Yeah. 
And that and that's always how it works, right? Like you're, it's yeah, always it's like the, the simplest things that you use all the time yeah. too. Where it's like I should know, mm-hmm. I should just have one of these here all the time, but I never do. Right? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Scissors. Well, that's Jared. another one for me. Okay, mine are guitar picks. <laughs> they just disappear. <laughs> I don't know where they go. Shit. Of course uh, it is. You, <laughs> and when I was in high school, they I, I always knew where they went because they were always uh, moving around in the dryer. My mom mm. would get so pissed at me. You know, Did you, you ever lose clink, any clink, like clink. between like your seat and your your driver your car seat and like the uh, glove box or whatever, or the center console? Pro- probably. I actually used to keep guitar picks in my cup holder mm. uh, for that reason. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Anyways, it's Let's, time to uh, talk technology and language yeah. learning, Jared. Mm-hmm. And so, so uh, let me let I me tell you, Jared. Saying, where no, just oh, go ahead, go ahead. please. This is Mr. Pixelated. Just please go ahead. That's, that's <laughs> the beauty of having internet lag when you're going from the U.S. to China. Um, so the, the reason why uh, at least this episode came to mind for me was I was talking to a friend of mine, um, Jared knows Tomas. He was my roommate in Austria. And yeah, he, we had a conversation about, you know, different like apps for language learning and, and if, if there will be apps in the future that will make language learning obsolete. And it was an interesting conversation, and I thought it's... And I've also realized that here in China, you know, I haven't learned a ton of Chinese because I use my phone for everything, and I'm able to get by. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not comfortable, it's not, it's not glamorous, it's not easy, but you're able to make it work. But that begs to ask the question, will technology make language learning obsolete? Well, you're right to say that it's not perfect and that it is a struggle and it doesn't always work. It's not reliable, especially in a place like China where they're using a different alphabet completely. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm sure someone like Tomas would make the uh, argument, and I would agree with him, that it's getting better. You know, like this is just a beginning and this stuff is Mm -hmm. constant. Like there are people that's full job within Google is to just work on like the language portion of it, the, tr- the, the, the Google mm-hmm. translate portion of it. Oh yeah. That's like a absolutely. department. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just guessing. I have no idea, but I'm, I would assume so. I, w- I would assume uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so like that stuff is only getting better and mm-hmm. um, it will make it almost impossible for you to go somewhere and look at a menu or look at a sign and not be able to uh, decipher what that is on the sign. But that is completely different than um, having a conversation. And I would argue maybe there'd be something that would make it where you could talk, you know, like for example, in the good place. Well, that's a kind of a bad mm-hmm. example because it works. But in the good place, um, Chidi's from like Africa and speaks French, but mm-hmm. um, because they're in the good place uh, or the bad place for, oh, oh, by the way, I figured that out. Oh. Spoiler oh, alert. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I forgot. Nice. I didn't mean to ruin it, but I did figure that out. Um, <laughs> And it's gotten crazy. Anyway, um, spoiler Such alert. A good I'm show. so bad with spoilers because I never watch TV shows and I don't <laughs> even think about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I've uh, seen all the episodes, so you're not spoiling anything for me. I know I'm not spoiling it for you, but now I'm trying not to. Now I'm like stopping myself from talking about it. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, what Jared is trying to say is Chidi, one of the characters, he, he speaks French. And right. Eleanor, the other character, speaks English. Is American, yeah. Right. And because they're wherever they may be, they uh, they're able to speak to each other and understand each other's uh, native language. Um, yeah. yeah, just instantly. So theoretically, no from uh, from Chi's perspective, if we were to see that, it would be all in French. Um, right. But um, yeah. So 
maybe that will happen, but um, I believe that that's I, I believe that that kind of thing is almost like I don't know, like you know, it's kind of like the same t- conversation as like um, like au- like autonomous vehicles, where it's like, yeah, it's coming, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's coming anywhere as close to as quickly as you might might think. One, for example, as people that you and I have both written papers in German. Mm-hmm. We know the limitations of a translator online, like the one where you actually like type in a word or a phrase. And I think that's right. probably one of the best versions of it. You know, it's way more reliable than someone speaking something. Right. And um, it might be able to instill tra- today. Most of those are just a hundred percent literal translators. So there's no way you could put in an untranslatable in there. Like a lot of the untranslatables we talk about in our untranslatable segment, mm-hmm. and actually just get this get the the understanding of it because it, it what will it do will it give you back an american untranslatable would it give you like in an ideal world would right. it give you back an american right. untranslatable equivalent would it give you back j- exactly what they're saying would, like mm-hmm. sometimes that doesn't even exist so i think right. that there are still a lot a lot of limitations to making it something that would prevent someone from um taking the effort to learn a language you know what i mean you still okay. can't replace that Right. Well, and that's the other thing, too, is that a lot of these apps, um, you know, translation apps and stuff like that, they're really good for a lot of basic stuff, like signs, menus, basic things like this. But you're right. Once once we start talking about idioms and phrases and untranslatables, uh, it gets a lot uglier uh, and a lot, you know, it's because the thing is, is that you can't really provide a translator app right now, at least currently that I know of, with the context and language mm-hmm. is all based on context. Yeah. Like what's kind of funny, Jared is sarcasm. When I took how, do you, a, how do you, I mean, I'm sorry. Right. Sarcasm. No, you're right. Sarcasm. Um, and then just like, you know, different like phrases that have a completely different meaning. Like here in China, for example, Jared, what, what a lot of Chinese people will say. Um, and even, even the, the cab driver, when I took a cab, uh, in the morning to get from my hotel, um, to his hotel, uh, to, nope, to Annabelle's hotel. Um, God damn it. Um, was uh, the, I get in the cab. And what I've learned about China, though, Jared, is um, what I learned about China is that if you sit in the passenger seat with the taxi driver, they will um, they'll talk to you. Like they will, even though I have no idea what they're saying, they'll talk to you. And so the, the taxi driver asked me. I, I, I say in Chinese, which means I don't understand. And then they just keep talking. Usually then they talk louder because, you know, it's not a language thing. It's clearly <laughs> a volume thing while I'm sitting right next to you in the passenger seat. I but mean, anyways, that's what my mom would do when we lived in Germany. If people didn't understand her, she'd just talk louder. Right. And I'm like, I don't oh, think man. that's helping mom. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I want the bagel. Yeah. Oh man, this is too real. I'm having uh, flashbacks, Chad. Right. Right. But anyways, but what they what they'll ask you in China is they'll say, "Have you eaten yet?" That's like mm. how they say, "How are you?" Um, I think it's something like yeah. It's, that's like a. Is that like a literally just like a? How are you? Is is that's a how have that how has that have never come up as untranslatable? That's an amazing one. Yeah. I I don't know. It's a great question. I guess I should have. Oh, I should have done that one. Now I'm really sad because that would have been a really great one. Because <laughs> if he asked me, asked me, have you eaten yet? I'd be, I'd, my first thought would not be, how are you? Right. Right. That's like saying, yeah, like, because but, you know, Chinese that's funny. people love to eat. 
And if it like, you know, it's it's kind of a cliche here in the U.S., but you know, anyone that has, you know, anyone that goes over to a grandparent or older relative's that's house, true. like that's almost like, uh, you know, that's what all my grandparents ask me as soon as I get to their house: Are you hungry? Do you want something? Right. Have you? When's the last right. time you ate? <laughs> right. Yeah. Those are all the questions. All like the first four questions I get when I go over to their mm-hmm. house. <laughs> and, and the funny thing was when he asked me that. I had heard the phrase before, but I didn't realize it until I, uh, I used the translator uh, on my phone. Now, I will tell you this, though, Jared. I know a lot of companies have put a lot of, invested a lot of time, energy, and money into getting, I forget the technical term for it now, but there's like a technical term for when you recognize, like a computer can recognize speech, and then either it transcribes it directly for you, it translates it. Mm, um, like YouTube a specific does term. Right. It automatically uh, it automatically does the subtitles. Right. They're not always great, but it can no. do that. Um, but it is surprisingly good, I'll say that. Right. But I and that was my point is that my Google Translate app and now that Google Translate does work in China. Thank the Lord because I would be <laughs> so screwed yeah. on so many levels. Um, and so what I can do is I hit the microphone thing, they'll speak into it, takes a minute to process it, but it's really crazy, you know, it shows the characters. And then it will spit back English for wow. me. Um, so I think for very basic survival things, we are at a stage now where you I didn't technically know that existed, wouldn't. Yeah, by the way. yeah. You technically don't need to learn a language, but like you've said, and I completely agree, the fact that idioms and phrases and different things you won't be able to translate. Like when that guy asked me if I'd eaten yet when I translated it, because I had heard about this before, I knew what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for most people, they'd be like, is the taxi driver inviting me to lunch? Like, what, yeah, what yeah. is, you know, what Your is going on? Your response is like, no, I'm not hungry. You know? He's like, no, I don't care. <laughs> right, right, uh, <laughs> right. My lighthouse hurts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, so do you, um, oh God, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, so like, the, how is it with did you have you did you try that in China, uh, excuse me in Czech Republic? Um, n- not really. Uh, I because wonder, a lot. Go ahead. Well, I, I ask because I wonder how well it works in a place like China, for example, where they tech, where they tend to speak a lot faster than some other countries, for like uh, in general. Right. Well, and I think I think people in the Czech Republic speak pretty fast too, actually. Um, and. And so, but I didn't use it a ton in the Czech Republic because a lot of people, if a lot of people either spoke enough English to communicate what they were trying to communicate or some German. So we had some, like, I had some kind of fallback plans over there. So I didn't mm-hmm. need to resort to the translator uh, app like I have here. And it's really amazing, Jared. Like, I feel, I really feel like I, I am really needed here in China because I know a lot of people here in China that don't speak any English. I mean, not even like they might say hello, but that's it. They really don't speak any English. Um, Does that that make you feel good as a teacher? It does. um, Okay. Interesting. It does. You kind of feel like you, you like, is that, that's your calling then? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, once again, though, back to the whole technology, making language learning obsolete, I think there's just something that maybe the technology one day will get there. But to me right now, it's just not, it's still very clunky and very robotic. Now it's and definitely, so I think, it's mm-hmm. definitely good for, for like conversation and stuff like that. But 
I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not saying I'm not going to do it and listen. Yeah, I, I realize I'm on the Untranslatable podcast. I love talking to people that speak different languages. But it would get super annoying to have a conversation face-to-face with someone through a phone. Like right. for an extent, like extend, maybe for a night, but I mean for like, you know, an extended, extended period of time, I would not want to do that. I was like, this is not right. ideal. And you can't, like, there's no sort of body language really along with the conversation. Mm-hmm. So it, you're, there's still, it's still lacking something. I feel like even though it can, it can make a lot of situations a lot easier, it's, it's not, a st- still not a great way to like make a friendship, you know? Like you still can't really right. get understand someone's personality by passing a mm-hmm. phone back and forth, right? And it's like it's like how much, right. and, and it's like you can't understand. Like it's it's and, and then also when, when you know another thing about that is when you're doing that. At least for me, it's like all right, how can I make this both interesting slash funny also and also not make it where I'm sitting here writing a goddamn essay on the phone, right? You know, <laughs> right? It's like I right, read well, yeah, this paragraph, that, that, write it back, and I'll just yeah. sit here and wait. You know, go ahead. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, and then and then you're also dependent on, you know, you're you're really so dependent on the technology that it doesn't give you the freedom to like really have a free flowing conversation. Now, I do think within the next ten to fifteen years, there will be something that will be able to either like a like a little like a little ear ear pod or mm. like something like that where uh, you can pop it in, they'll see, speak that's it. A great idea. If they wear them, well, I've I've seen a couple videos of like there's I forget the name of the company, but some companies trying to develop it. But once again, that's still there's still you so, can't translate humor. You can't translate so much. I hear I hear what you're talking about. Essentially a situation mm. where um, and it doesn't even have to be like the actual head phone technology is nothing fancy it's just a normal headphone it's the phone or, or right. it's, it's the actual program that's doing it but like right. you can essentially both be wearing some sort of headphone situation with the microphone on it like if you were to be wearing headphones and talking to someone on the phone and talk into right. it and then the person would be hearing you in the headphone in real time it would be translating it giving it to you and I hear right. that and once again there's still the problem of things like untranslatables and stuff how, how yep. will those be translated? What kind of decisions are being made on those? Mm-hmm. Um, and then right. also there's the the challenge of, um, I'm also thinking of like, you know, the, my podcasting brain is thinking of the logistics of the microphone. So are you guys, right. writing, like, what if you guys are at some sort of, in sort of, some sort of loud situation and you guys right. have to talk close to each other or you have to yell at each other? How good are these microphones that we're talking where you could just pick up right. you in a loud, crowded room, for example, and uh, know that that's you talking into that microphone? And I don't know. There's just so many. And, like, and, and then like, how do you immediately connect with the person in front of you without having to do some sort of weird, put our phone up together, make sure our, our, our air, uh, airplay, or what is it where you do that? Airdrop is connected. Or, I don't know. Right. There's just so many think, questions I have. And so many things right. that make me think that I like the idea and I like that this is progressing, but it's never going to, it's, but it's so far from being as smooth as we really want it to be. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think, I think the other thing too, is that, um, whenever you are so dependent on technology that you have to use it, um, to communicate, I'm talking more about like in person, you know, writing messages and stuff like we've been able to do that for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when you really want to make a connection with somebody, like imagine like you go on a date with like a guy or a girl and you have these little microphone thingies 
it's just it's not going to be able to pick up all the subtleties of your your tone of voice, your your phrasing, your your humor. There's just so much right. I think that the technology kind of it's a barrier. Can you listen to both? Because even though you understand that, I, I agree with you 100%. Even though you understand that, yeah, this is coming through my... Let, let's imagine that there's a system where you can you know, have a headphone and it's in real time coming through. How good is, is someone to be able to listen to that, to understand it? But then in this, but maybe, maybe I'm overthinking it, but like, is it po- is, are people good enough just as humans to be able to take that in, but then also look at the person's face at the same time and pick up the body language in real time like right. that? Maybe we can do that. Maybe, do you think we could do that? Because I'm Probably. not, I don't fully think we can't do that. But in my head, for some reason, that seems like a lot of different angles to get input from, you know? Right. You know, because it's I, also I, weird. Mm-hmm. For example, when we do this podcast, even occasionally if I have to itch my ear and I like move the headphones out of the way, when I take the headphones off and I hear like the sort of the outside world, it feels a little weird in a weird, <laughs> weird way. Right. Or like yeah. hearing the outside world. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, think, I think we can. It's just a matter of how quick these, you know, the technology will work to translate things. That's a good point. Also, if it makes sense, you know, um, I think there's all it would take is. And, and then the other question, though, too, is what about accents and dialects? Mm-hmm. You know, um, what if what if the, the technology you're using is only accustomed to British English? You and I are going to be screwed. We can try yes. our best to do our best British accent, but it's it's not going to work. Right. Or, <laughs> you know, in China, they have a Brilliant. lot of different, you know, accents all throughout china so i could Mm -hmm. see that being very problematic especially for people who who you know speak a much more accented you know language Uh, i think that could be a really big issue and and i I think that's i don't know enough about the technology Mm -hmm. i think that's a problem for people now um maybe this was a comedian i saw do this on YouTube or something, but there was something about like people with different, even like American accents trying to use things like uh, Siri or, or, Ale- or, you know, the Amazon uh-huh. thing uh, for, I, right. I didn't say it cause it usually sets off people's things you're welcome everyone. Right. Uh, <laughs> no, but there's like a, um, there's like this thing about like, um, you know, like even, you know, Southern accents sometimes have struggles with it or maybe like a Boston or New York, New York accent might be too thick to uh to be able to work with uh these sort of things that have be already become so standard in most people's life and in right. daily usage and that also begs to ask the question what about our english language learners you know they have accents are these mm-hmm. programs going to work for them if they're using english to you know maybe they wouldn't and they just use their native language but yeah well see that's the thing we're talking about that's a you we we uh, we're talking about communication but the, all, mm-hmm. another part of this in general is um, maybe, yeah, maybe we both agree, and I think we do, that for a long, long time, as, as for our lifetime for sure, and I think many lifetimes, there will still be a lot of merit to actually learning another language, mm-hmm. you know, like actually physically being able to speak it with your mouth uh, and mm-hmm. hold a conversation uh, reliably in that language. That will be useful for a long time. But 
will the process of learning that change? You know, I think communication is one half oh, of like this language technology thing, but then the learning right. it is another part of it. Because right. something we always talk about that's at least I think is very important for language learning is the immersion in it and to be able to, the ability mm-hmm. to have conversations with people, the ability to potentially make those mistakes in real time, you know? Will oh, yeah. we be able to replicate that? With technology now, that's probably easier mm-hmm. to replicate. I think. Yeah, than maybe like having conversations with like friendly conversations. I think would be right. Now, I think it also needs to be mentioned, though, Jared, that we have focused primarily on conversations in spoken language. I do think, in a way, language like technology, even as it is now, has made writing, uh, like text messaging and emailing. I wouldn't yes. say obsolete. But it isn't as it isn't as big of a problem, I think, as it used to be. Because, you know, on WeChat, if I get a message from someone in Chinese, on the app itself, I can like hold down on whatever they sent me. Then this little like menu pops up, and I can click translate, and it will translate it right below it. Uh, and so far, the well, translations have been very accurate. I have the well, same, as far as essentially I know. the same thing. <laughs> My, yeah, you're just getting wildly wrong impressions from people. Um, my, um, my iPhone, I'm, whole, I'm grasping on to the last bit of German knowledge I have in my head. And my phone is in German, but like mm-hmm. on social media and stuff, you know, most of the people I follow and stuff are speaking English. So I, um, so for just about every tweet and Instagram post, there's a little thing at the bottom that says translate it, and it literally, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, Uber Zetson is actually what it says, yeah. and it'll yeah. actually just like translate it straight to German right there, and it'll look like, yeah. it'll translate it in the sense where it looks like they wrote it at, in German, you know? Yeah. It's cool how that works, isn't it, with social mm-hmm. media? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Facebook does that, Twitter does that, right? Twitter does that too, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of yeah, them, yeah, all, all the, so. all the yeah. social media. Instagram, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think we are slowly getting there, but um, I don't know. There's just something different about, like you said, being able to actually speak or write the language yourself. I think there's a bit of a more, because you have more cultural knowledge usually as well. So I think you can also relate to people better with that in mind. Yes. Um, I think there's just I so think, many. Mm-hmm, go ahead. I also think there's this also just in general, the there's still a, a, like a, sort of a like there's a respect to talking to someone and not taking out your phone you know mm-hmm. and there's sort of like a like like it is sort of like a for example at the dinner table um i still you know even though i'm not eating dinner with my parents every day i still try my hardest not to take out my phone while i'm eating dinner with uh, not by myself i don't care if i'm by myself but if i'm like eating dinner right. with my girlfriend i try my hardest not to take out my phone and uh, honestly, I get a little offended if she is just like, not that she does, but I would, right. not even her, just friends, people in general. Um, like I get kind of annoyed. So I think, um, as I was saying, I think that um, I, I'm still not fully ready to, and maybe I sound like an old man right now. I'm still not fully ready to have like conversations where I have to like pass a phone like i'll do it it's like i'm not against it but i'm not i don't know how i feel about making friendships based off of like Mm -hmm. passing phones back and forth you know right right there's just something impersonal about it you know it's Mm -hmm. not it's like i feel like i never really know you right right yeah you just can't make that connection 
um, with somebody, you know, whether that be a friendship connection or a romantic one, you know, I can't imagine like going on a date with a girl here in China and then just us passing our phones back and forth. Like that's, mm-hmm. and you know, and like we've, like we've said numerous times already during the segment, like you lose humor, you lose, you know, there's, there's so much about language that is more than just the words at face value. And right. until the technology gets there to somehow do that, I don't know how it, I think maybe someday it will. I just don't know how you actually do that. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I the untranslatables, I think that's a tough part of it. But anyway, right. speaking of untranslatables, speaking of not being able to fully translate things, let's talk about the song of the pod. My goal for you, Chad, I'm, I like to help you, you know, I, I like to see you flourish and do your best. And I think it's important that you <clears throat> immerse yourself into the Chinese culture, figure out what the kids are into these days, and right. also sort of appeal to your own taste. So I tried to find um, some hip-hop. We both like hip-hop rap music. I tried mm-hmm. to find some uh, Chinese, some big Chinese hip-hop artists. So the next time you find yourself out at a KTV or something, you can maybe uh, request some. Oh, there we go. Uh, Hire Brothers, for example. And this song is by Higher Brothers featuring Famous Dex. And the song's called Made in China. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's Higher Brothers is a group of actually Asian and Asian American. uh, But but they're based in China, though. They're based in Chengdu, China. But they're, uh, I I think some of them are of Asian American. Um, And they sing, they they have a hip hop group made up of, I think, four or five uh, dudes. And they okay. sing mostly in Chinese, but they have some like hooks and and verses and stuff in English too. Uh, mm-hmm. too. I'll give you a quick little cultural fact, Jared. Um, Chengdu is actually where the pandas are in China. Well, what do you so mean the pandas? Little, that's where that's where they come from. Oh, okay. That's the only place you can find pandas in China. I mean, like wild uh, pandas. I think that's where they're naturally. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't. I don't Pretty know. Sure. Just from one spot like that. Yeah, yeah, but anyways, uh, back to the Higher Brothers, Made in China. Um, yeah, this this track is a banger. Like, this is what I woke up to this morning, which is uh, perfect. Good way to good way to wake up and get ready to go. Um, and it's 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 pretty cool. It's got like this really kind of interesting. I don't know what the instrument is, but it has like a cool kind of you know Asian sounding instrument to start yes, start off the, the song, which I really liked. Uh huh. And yeah, then it's weird though. It, after it, it is like a strong hip hop beat, beat mm-hmm. but they do have like that um, that I don't know what it's called either. But that like Chinese, that very traditional Chinese sound, just underneath right. it for a lot of it. Right. Well, and then after the hook, there's almost like this kind of weird dubstep like sounding thing going on too, which was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the song to me is it's all over the place. It's great, but it's all I over legitimately the place. liked it though. I'm not gonna lie. And I listened to a couple of their other songs and I, I I digged it. I digged it. And and it's like the it's rare that I find like you know, I've looked for a lot of music and I like I like hip hop and stuff. So I like to find like good modern hip hop. And it's rare that I find I found um like like this is it's 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 like a very good imitation of like American hip hop. Which is a rare thing right. I feel like I find from other countries. That's because true. Because I feel like a lot of other countries, like they're not that there's anything good or bad about this, but it's just like their hip hop is so clearly not American. This 
sounded like the most authentic, just it was in Chinese, essentially. Right. Well, I like that the first half of the song, it seems like, the first couple of verses are in English, and then they switch mm-hmm. to Chinese, yes. which is pretty cool. I yes. really like that. Yeah, and it's like, a, um, I mean, the song's called Made in China because it's kind of a joke about how, I think it's sort of essentially a joke about how everything in the U.S. is made in China, but they sort mm-hmm. of like flip it to be like, oh, made in China because everything, we're like, we're, we're balling, essentially. We're made in yep. China, and we're yep. balling. And, yep. um, and uh, it's, I, I, one, I like the, uh, like the um, I don't know, it's not a message. I mean, they're not trying to like send some sort of, I, I don't, I, message is a little too like mighty for what it is. Right. But I essentially like what they're saying. And uh, it's catchy. So check it out. But please. I, I, th- I think that's a common, a common trope in hip hop music in general. Though, oh, for sure. Of like course. rep yeah, your ballin'. city, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, be proud of where you came from and, you know, and to tell yeah. people why you're balling. That's right. Yeah. It's yeah. a good one though. So check it out. Mm-hmm. Made in China by the higher brothers, right? Yes. Yes. And you can find it on our YouTube channel. Right. And you You can find it on our YouTube channel. What? No, go ahead. You can finish. Untranslatable Podcast is our YouTube channel. There was... uh, (laughs) Sorry. uh, I blame the pixelation. There was a... um, So Famous Dex, I believe, is an American person. I've never heard of that name before. But I think he's American because... um, So I saw a, a, a YouTube video of this uh, like a uh, like a uh, music video i didn't send it to you because i wasn't even sure if you'd if you'd be able to see it or not but um right. so i was like you find it yourself this is what the song is called that's what i just have to right. do nowadays but yep. um yep. <laughs> oh yeah okay famous dex is from chicago and um in the music video so there was a section of it where it just said uh video like it was like a uh like a red background and it was sort of a cool like all, like a video background where it has like a little time counter and it says like video redacted audio still here and it was just like the section where he was featuring and my guess uh-huh. would be because um famous dex wasn't able to physically get to china to shoot the music video they didn't they weren't able right. to get him in the music video so they just made it but the way they made it seem like was sort of a play on that whole um a play on the whole sort of um censorship thing i i, I thought it seemed like it because it was like, you know, we had to redact the video part of this. And so it was just like right. a minute of just like, uh, and I thought it was a cool way to do it. And I, I thought it was cool. Maybe I'm making it up right. and that wasn't what it is, but that's what it felt like to me. And whether it was or not, I mean, obviously they can't say whether it was or not, but um, right. I thought it was a cool little thing. But I, my assumption was just that he couldn't get to China to f- film the music video. <laughs> yeah, who knows? That, that's an interesting take on it, though. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not really sure. But yeah, it's an awesome song. Uh, definitely want mm-hmm. to get you pumped up and ready. Um, you betcha. And if, you, and if you're Chinese, make you feel like you're a baller because lots of cool stuff's made in China. Now, I also brought this song up so next time you are out somewhere, you can mention, like if someone asks you if you like any Chinese mu- music, bring up uh, Higher mm-hmm. Brothers. There we go. There we go. I appreciate it, buddy. Mm-hmm. So now speaking you of Chinese, know. right, it's time for... Uh, my Chinese word of the pod. And my Chinese word of the pod today is yuyan. And yuyan means uh, language. I okay. figured that would be a very fitting word for today's episode. Yeah, I couldn't understand why. Mine is... Uh, here. One more. I got one more for you. I do a Spanish words of the pod, everyone. And mine is... I'm going to spell it out for you. D-E-S-A-R-R... 
O L L O. Dessa. Dessa rollo. Dessa oro. Dessa. Royo. Dessa royos. There's no S at the end. Dessa royo. Dessa royo. Okay, yeah. Um, that's a tough one. And that, that is, is a tough pr- one. But yeah, because it, LLO, because I know e, like, LLO would still be like if the LL is still like the E, like the. Or like, like a Y, uh, like a. A, A, O, whatever. It's progress, growth, development. And I chose oh, that one because we're talking about learning a language. Absolutely. And I think, I think eventually we may get there. With the technology to do some of the things we've discussed that it's not there yet for. Mm-hmm. But the the question is really how can you make it more how can you make it more human? You know, I mean the whole point of language is to communicate and connect and build yes. relationships. And so so that's like that's always the funny thing with any technological advancement is where where does you know humanity come into play with this morality all these things like i remember talking to a i have a one of my dad's coworkers his daughter is married to a guy who works for google in ann arbor and he was telling me like the technology is already there for self-driving cars but they haven't figured out yet you know if you have a self-driving car and it's going you know 80 miles down the freeway and then an old lady walks right. in front of the car do you hit the old lady or does the car swerve off the road and kill the driver? I actually um, just and saw so that Good question. Place episode with the train. Right, right. And so, <laughs> oh, that's a funny one. Um, Which is yeah, the exact so, same I mean, the thing, scenario. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, there's also, yeah, there's also a thing with the self-driving thing. And I think also it's kind of similar to what you're talking about where it's like um, it would work if everyone did it, you know? But it's like we also right. have to like a part of a part of the problem with with it is everyone agreeing on 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 what what a translation is, what means what, and right. um, and I think that's that's something that we'll get past that. But that's something that you can never really agree on, like a proper translation for for things. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and and, tra- and I am amazed at where we're at already technologically with like translation. Mm-hmm. Um, just like with even just with the Google Translate app, like that has been my my like crutch since ever since I've been here. You know, it's Ever- been Czech incredibly Republic too helpful. Was a crutch. Yeah, it was not not as much as it is here though. Um, because there was, I had other ways to communicate there here. That's the only tool. So as I've right. probably mentioned on other episodes, you better believe I got my portable, my portable battery with me at all <laughs> times, because if my phone dies, one of my phone dies, I can't get a cab home. Mm-hmm. So that's no good. Is there no um, such thing as hailing a cab where you're at? You, you can, but how am I going to tell them? Oh, you know, I going. need to learn how to say the names of places better. Do and you know you, like no the, your address? Not in Chinese, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, you got to at least know I, that. I have, I have it written down, but okay. I don't know how to say it. But it's written you down know, in so your phone. Yeah, so I should exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, maybe I need maybe I need to keep like a thing in my wallet you of like screwed. basic stuff I need in Chinese. Um, <laughs> your name, your address, right. your phone number, just right. basic things. Write them down. Exactly, but I think the other thing is too is that if we do get to the point where technology makes language learning obsolete. I don't think we will because I think there's so many just thinking of like 
the friends I have that I've met through being able to speak German, even bits and pieces of Czech. Um, there's just something that I don't think a translation app or technology could replace. Mm-hmm. Like there's just, you. yeah, um, I'm with you. I think it, I think it will make it less urgent to know all sorts of stuff in different languages. Also, um, you know, like I don't if, want to discourage mm-hmm. people to learn another language too. Right. Like, like I don't, want, I don't want people to ever think that like, oh, there's no point, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't think we're anywhere close to that to even being like a, like, it's not like we're at a point where it's like, I mean, what's the point of me starting to learn a language? By the time I do, I can just do it all through my phone. That's not where right. we're at in this journey right. here. No, absolutely <laughs> not. I, I think neither of us are advocates for that by any means. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, definitely not. That's for sure. Well, Jared, I have a couple tech jokes for you. Let me pull them up here real quick. Um, so, Jared, what is the biggest lie that people do... Uh, when they use a computer. Incognito tab. No. <laughs> okay. I have read and agree to the terms oh, and conditions. Yeah. I don't think I've ever read a full terms and conditions thing. Right. It was funny when I, I forget what app I had to open, but I opened an app here and uh, it wouldn't let you click next until you at least scrolled all the oh, way yeah, down. Oh yeah, I've seen those before. Yeah, I, I've yeah. had to do those before. Right. Um, all right, what do you do after your Nintendo game uh, ends in a tie? Uh, you break it. You ask for a Wii match. <laughs> okay. So I, didn't know, I was thinking like Nintendo 64. Right. Right. Just goes to show you our generation, right, Jared? When I think of Nintendo, I still think N64 as well. GameCube sure. too. GameCube was big for us too. Let's be fair. Right. That's true. Um, so, Jared, how does a computer get drunk? Um, oh, it, over, it, it, it drinks a lot of ram, rum, ram. <laughs> I, I like where your head's at, but no. uh, it takes a lot of screenshots. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> But yeah, so those are those are my jokes for today's episode. And I think to to recap this episode, um, we've made a lot of leaps and bounds regarding translation technology. That is for sure. I mean, like I live and die by my phone here in China, more or less. It seems like I do here, um, and I really, US, I really Jeff. hate it. <laughs> what <laughs> I do here in the U.S. and I can fully communicate with everyone <laughs> right. around me. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but I think there's a there's just so many different aspects and reasons why you should learn a language in terms of cultural knowledge, in terms of learning about you know how to how to think a little differently too. I think is a great thing. Um, and the other thing too is that I think in a lot of ways because technology makes our lives so convenient, it also makes us lazier. I'm not going to say it makes us less intelligent, but it definitely doesn't help our critical thinking and our thinking skills. Sure. If you know sure. if your computer or your computer just does everything for you. So I mm-hmm. think there are definitely cognitive benefits to learning a language as well. Uh, they do say it reduces the risk of Alzheimer's and dementia. Fun fact, if you're bilingual, you have a That's lower uh, you have a lower chance of uh, lower probability of getting dementia or Alzheimer's. Plus, I mean, there's just it's it's fun, it's great to connect with people and uh, unless there's a way that technology is able to do that, or if people in the future get so used to 
leaning on technology, which could happen. I mean, we're already staring at our phone screens too much as it is probably um, in terms of like what's good for yes. our minds, our souls and our health. But, but hey, we're not there yet. Maybe we'll get there someday. But um, we hope you've enjoyed listening to us ramble on about, uh, at least I think it was very safe to say we were both pro. It won't make language learning yes. obsolete. Some of that has to do with our bias as... Uh, un- yeah, go ahead, buddy. I would say yes, but let me be clear. I'm for as much of the uh, the uh, innovation of this technology as possible. And oh, of I course. think that it could only make life better and easier. Mm-hmm. But it just does. I, I just never. I just. I just. In my head, I hear list uh, people being like, "Well, why would I bother learning? I can just do it through my phone when I visit." It's like, Ugh. right? Yeah, right. I guess. Right. Don't be one of those people. Please. Don't be one of those people. Yeah, that's Major for sure. <laughs> exactly. You won't get half of our drops if you. Uh, <laughs> that's a very good that. point. Unless you're, if, unless you're got a really quick uh, trigger finger on your phone and you can just pull up your translation app and it's been very hold it up. <laughs> so, so yeah. But I think I think we're definitely making progress in terms of uh, translation apps and technology being a mm-hmm. helpful tool, especially in like emergency situations without a doubt. But for that, for the deeper kind of more human aspect of life and getting to know people and uh, understanding culture and things like this, I think that that cannot be replaced so far as we have with technology. So we hope you've enjoyed. Let us know if you have any other ideas about how, whether or whether or not, uh, Technology will make language learning obsolete. Uh, let us know at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. If you want to hear our hype song of the pod today, uh, Made in China by the yes. Higher Brothers, check out our YouTube channel, Untranslatable Podcast, and check out our Instagram for all sorts of clips, uh, pictures, and other shenanigans as well. And lastly, please, five star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Let, let us know how we can make this podcast better for you. So we hope you've enjoyed today's episode. We thank you all so much for your support. And as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, de cuyame, muchas gracias, and xie xie.